Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And we're here with episode 17, and we're talking all about self-care today. So exciting. It's one of our favorite topics. It really is. Before we get into it, you want to do some highs and lows? Yes, let's do it. Grace, tell me your high. So I feel a little bit guilty saying this because Becca here is like having a shit summer. Like this is my summer of fun though. I am a homebody and I'm like, I never like to travel like more than once a month, but I've been just kind of going places a lot. Like I'm maybe here two weeks out of the, out of the next month and a half. And I love it. Where are you going next week again? I'm going to Sag Harbor. I'm doing another yoga retreat with my favorite instructor from Sky Ting, Christopher Golden. He's magical. Um, His classes are just so good. And so I'm doing that. Then I get back. I'm here for like two days. I go to Sayulita, Mexico with Becca and our friend Jackie. Yes. Then I'm home for like five days. I go to Atlanta where I'm speaking on a, I'm the keynote speaker for the Southern blog society that is very official I've never been a keynote for anything I'm so nervous I have to finish my slides this week and like I want it to be really good and informative but I'm stressed that's exciting that's that's a big deal and then I go to the cape and you're going to come for part of that yep and then I come back and I'm home for a little while I might try and go to Charleston in between and then it's labor day and we're going to plan a trip to Morocco yes so this is now you're pretty much in on summer of fun But I have a tan, and I'm like, I've never been gone so much, but it's fun. That's great. What about you? So my unofficial high is that we're back together recording in the same place. It's, I feel like this episode is going to be really good because the sound quality is going to be good again. Yeah. Thank you for bearing with us through questionable sound quality for the last few episodes while we were apart. But I'm happy to record this looking at your face. Yes, it's way more fun this way. I'm also happy that we're eating jelly beans right now. And sour peaches. Yep. And salad. And salad. Balance. It's all about balance. And I, you don't have to listen to me moan and groan because I'm sitting on the floor and keep needing to change positions because my leg fell asleep. That was me, too, when I, when I, I sat on the floor on the cape. It's so hard. So yeah. that's my unofficial high. My official high is that I am just feeling really loved right now. So... I'm pretty bad at asking for help. I'm pretty bad at accepting help. So this is kind of new and wonderful. But over the past couple of weeks, like I just feel like, first of all, I've been, so many of my friends have been sending me care packages, which is just the nicest thing. And I've been getting a lot of masks and uh, three of my friends from California sent me a gift card to my favorite restaurant. Oh, that's um, so nice. I know. What is your favorite restaurant? One of my favorite restaurants. It's to Vix. Oh, okay. Oh, Vix. We go to Vix all the time. Oh, love Vix. I love Vix. So, I'm just feeling super duper loved. And I think, do you know what your love language is? Yes, it's um. Okay, what are the love languages? It's like touch, acts of service, gifts, quality time. There's one more, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah, mine are. There's two. It's quality time, and I think touch. Oh. Um, but. No, but I love giving gifts. I don't, like, I like getting gifts. Everyone likes getting gifts, but. I, I'm wondering if maybe my love language is gifts because I'm not a birthday person. So birthday gifts are not exciting to me. Like, I don't like my birthday. I like to be out of New York for my birthday. I like to be on a trip. But yeah. as far as gifts go, I'm not wildly enthused. And then for Christmas, my family usually does, it's like, tell me what you want me to get you. So it's not a surprise. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm very into this. I'm feeling very loved right now. It's fun getting presents. Yeah. I'm feeling very loved. And four of my best friends um, came down from Boston for my uncle's funeral yesterday, which was so nice. Oh, that's so nice. I just, I'm feeling very loved. That's great. So, and especially because I'm having kind of a, I'm in kind of a hard time. It's like especially nice. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's it's a weird thing, but when you go through something like this, like, that's when you realize, like, how loved you are. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's like, yeah. It's the this, this silver lining, I guess. I don't know if that's the right expression. Yes. Tell me about your low, though. Ugh. With every high, there is a low. Yes. That's so life. My low is coming home. <laughs> it was so nice being with my parents. Um, Cape Cod is, like, or, like, staying with my parents is the one time I can, like, truly, truly relax. Like, you just feel so taken care of because your parents are there. 
Um, reality is also setting in that this is my last Cape Cod summer. Um, oh, your yeah. parents are moving to Charleston, though. They're not yeah, moving somewhere like my favorite lame. place in the world. So I'm so excited for them to move to Charleston just for, like, the rest of the year because on the Cape we get, like, three amazing months and then it's so cold the rest of the year. So um, I can't I can't wait for that, but I'm also really sad. And then the other thing is, is just, like, in between all of these trips, like, it all looks like sunshine and rainbows on my Instagram, but then I come home and I'm so behind on work. So, like, last night I was up till, like, 1 a.m. getting caught up, and tonight's going to be another um, late one, because as we record this, the Nordstrom anniversary sale starts tomorrow, so I've been a bad blogger. I haven't put together any content around that, and I need to get a post up. So, it's going to be a really busy week, but then I go on my yoga retreat, and it'll be like, so just like sandwiching in tons of work in between these trips. What was your low, Becca? I know this low. It sucks. It's the worst. <laughs> it's not the worst. I have certainly had worse things happen to me yeah. <laughs> this, this week. This week. So, okay. So my low is my bridesmaid's dress tailoring debacle. So I need to preface this by saying, I, so I don't know if my friend who is getting married listens to this podcast all the time. So I want to preface this by saying, this is entirely my fault. Like, I did this to myself, but it is still (laughs) awful. So my friend Ashley is getting married this weekend. And she, I'm in the wedding. And she picked bridesmaids dresses from Weddington Way. So I, I went to the store. They have, like, shop and shops in Banana Republic. I went to the store in February, tried on the dress, bought the dress. It came... It sat in a box in my living room for approximately three months. So in the meantime, I start getting emails that the brand is going out of business. And because I tried the dress on in the store, I really didn't think anything of it. I was like, I'm covered. It's fine. So finally, probably in May, I take it out of the box and I try it on and the dress does not fit me. So apparently it's really common that all of the samples at the store for bridesmaids dresses get stretched out because so many people try them on. So the dress that fit me perfectly in the store just was a little too small. So at the time, this was in May, I was getting ready to end my job. I was going to go to Asia for four weeks. And in my head, I was like, you know, in Asia, it's going to be so hot. I'm going to be eating so much fruit and just, you know, I'm just going to lose five pounds and the dress will fit and it'll be no problem. So instead of that cut to, I went to Florida and I stress ate all of my feelings. So definitely gained five pounds, (laughs) did not lose five pounds. So got back last Thursday and the dress does not even close to fit me, like (laughs) not even a little. So I had to take it to the tailor and they had to, Oh, friend, this Re- is the worst. Yeah, they had to, like, rebuild the bodice out of uh, material that they took out of the bottom where they were hemming it. And it cost $175. I will say, I picked up the dress last night. It fits really well. He oh, did so fix it. I'm so glad it fits well. So, it, it, I was nervous that I, after all this, it was going to be terrible. I am particularly sensitive to this because I feel like I've just spent the last month lighting money on fire. There were a bunch of uh, prepaid things for Asia that I wasn't able to get my money back for. So I had to pay for some of that. I broke my computer when I was in Florida and had to replace it with the exact same one, you know, paying to get this bridesmaid's dress to fit me. I just feel like I am lighting money on fire and without not knowing when I'm going to work it just feels really rough so that was just a saga that I could have lived without but I guess it has a happy ending the dress fits I'm positive the wedding's going to be a blast and I am really gonna have so much fun and you moved your flight your train up so you're going early yeah and I'm excited to have something to celebrate and to be able to see Uh, all of my friends from college who will be at this wedding. But this tailoring debacle is totally my fault, but still awful. Oh, that's the worst. I've had many a bridesmaid dress debacle. Ugh. And like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the worst. So this week we're talking about self-care, but should we have a quick desperation minute? Yes, guys. Um, We love your reviews. Thank you so much. Somebody left the nicest one this week. 
Oh my god, I loved this one. They likened us to Gilmore Girls. Which means a lot. I think Gilmore Girls, comparing me to Gilmore Girls is also part of my love language. Yeah. Well, so thanks to all of you who have left reviews. If you haven't left one, we would love for you to leave us a review. Um, Rate us in iTunes and um, subscribe. Subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. Okay, moving on. Desperation over. Desperation out. (laughs) So we're talking about self-care today. And I'm really liking this thing that we've been doing where we pick a topic for the episode and then have people send us in questions the day before. We've gotten so many good questions when we kind of give a specific topic. But one of the things I thought was really interesting, so I posted last night on Instagram asking for people to send us questions about self-care, was that we got so many questions that were specifically about beauty. And I recognize that beauty can be part of self-care, but I guess maybe let's take a minute to talk about what self-care means to us before we get into it. And rest assured that we took all of those beauty questions and we're going to have a separate standalone beauty episode and we're going to do it in two weeks while we're in Mexico. We're going to record it with our friend Jackie, who's an editorial director at Sephora. So she has all the good inside scoop. And she's also goals, just generally. She's yeah. one of my most aspirational friends. So <laughs> She's very aspirational. Very aspirational. So uh, we'll put out a new call, but also anyone who submitted skincare questions, we'll get to those in two weeks when yes. we chat in Mexico. But... Do you want to talk about what self-care means to you? Yeah, so I think that self-care can involve beauty, but um, I think it's doing the things that, you know, make you feel cared for. So for some people, it could be like spending 10 minutes washing your face, like I sometimes do. But I think that it's more about just doing things that um, are caring for yourself, and that in- includes like everything from making sure that you go to the doctor and make and get your physicals done and making sure that you're on top of your finances. But I think it's it's, it's very broad, um, but I think it is rather separate from beauty. Yeah, I think I kind of think of self-care in two different ways. So the first is the self-care that I need to do on a regular basis in order to make sure that I can show up in every area of my life. So for me, it's like exercising. Mm-hmm. It's giving myself enough time in the morning so that I don't feel rushed and like start off my day in a terrible state. You said that in a previous episode and I've been trying to do that. I that, think it's just like so smart. It's huge. Yeah. And it's like getting enough sleep there. It's the things that I need to do that are just table stakes for me being a good human. Then the second thing is what do you do when you're having a rough time, whether that's just you had a crappy day at work or you got in a fight with a friend or your boyfriend or whether it's something like I'm going through right now where I'm having a really rough go of it and what are the things that you do to refill yourself so you know maybe that's something like going to get a massage or you know taking baths or you know maybe it's taking 15 minutes for yourself and doing a face mask but I don't know that having a beauty routine is inherently self-care I think there's I think that there's overlap like taking a bath could be like make your skin really soft and glowy but it's more about the mental benefits of it yes and how you feel afterwards you know the one thing that I'll I'll contradict myself and say I I know some friends who have children where beauty really is self-care because it's you know after you spend so much time taking care of your kids and having all day be about someone else taking 15 minutes for yourself does feel like self-care. So it can be. I just think that, you know, some of the questions we got around, specifically around products, like which exfoliator should I use? Which face wash should I use? I don't know. I I would just challenge people to think about self-care beyond just products. Yes, agreed. So with that said, let's get into it. So I loved this question because I think it's such a good overview and peek into how we think about self-care before we start to answer more specific questions. So this is from JLH Kinnison on Instagram. And she asked, what is each of your perfect self-care day? You go first. Okay. Well, first of all, I wouldn't be on social media 
and I would have plans with friends, but I would try and not be on my phone texting and what have you. I hate my phone, and we've talked about this before, but I just don't like looking at it. I don't like the little text. I'm like the the 30-something-year-old with the the font on the biggest size because I hate the glare from just staring at my phone all day. I mean, this is some coming from someone who has to be on their phone quite a bit for the blog, but I would be like as on my phone as little as possible. I also would make sure that I wasn't rushed at all. So if I had things that I needed to do, kind of like Becca has, has said in the past, I would make sure that I had lots of time in between each thing. I would probably start the day with a meditation. I would go to my yoga class. I would have gotten enough sleep the night before, like a solid eight to nine hours. Um, I wouldn't have drank the night before because I always sleep so much better if I um, stay off the booze. So I would just like wake up feeling really good and really refreshed. And then afterwards, I would probably hope that I would maybe get out for a run. I kind of look at running and yoga as separate. Like I don't, it is working out twice a day, but it's also like, totally different like yoga makes me stronger and stretches me out whereas cardio will like burn off any steam and like it's just really good for my kind of mental state to like work up a really good sweat um I would say it would involve reading um spending at least an hour reading reading makes me so happy and then probably taking a bath um having like a really delicious seltzer um it sounds (laughs) I sound like Becca but like I've been taking um seltzer water putting it on ice then like adding like a couple fresh berries and like some sprigs of mint and it's like it makes me really happy to have that and then like curling up in in bed in like a really fluffy robe or like nice silk pajamas and um meditating before I sleep and going to bed at a reasonable hour like I love it when I get into bed at 10 and then stay up till 11 like that's my perfect night so in your perfect self-care day are you seeing anyone throughout the day are you do you have plans with friends or are you mostly alone definitely seeing friends um maybe I'm working I was just thinking about kind of the things I was doing for myself outside of like regular day-to-day okay yeah And self-care for me can be two different things. Like, after Asia, I just wanted to, like, see friends, and that was, like, that was really good for me. But then sometimes, like, during the week, I get so burnt out because I'll have, like, five blogger events, and I'll have several meetings and conference calls, and, like, I just feel like I'm going, going, going and around people. So then I'll want, like, a day where I don't see people. Yeah. It just depends. I hear that. What about you? Okay. So I think my perfect self-care day starts... I do not set an alarm. So I wake up and usually if I don't set an alarm, if I've been on a good sleep schedule, I'll usually wake up between eight and nine naturally. So I'm waking up without my alarm and then I have time. I have an hour, I have an hour and a half before I have to do anything so I can drink my coffee, I can sit, I can go on Instagram, I can cruise the internet, whatever, but I'm not in a rush. Then I would go to SoulCycle which I am a broken record, but it is, it is such good therapy for me. It is very cathartic. So would definitely go to a soul cycle class. I would, I think I would go out to lunch with a friend, maybe have a fun decadent lunch, maybe have a glass of wine at lunch, catch up with a friend, like do something that feels a little special and like out of the ordinary. Yeah. But doesn't keep me up late. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think for me, getting a massage is a really big self-care treat. So if I've either had something really bad happen to me or for, for my birthday, a lot of times I'll get a massage. So I think I would probably say I'd get a massage and then, you know, go home early and order takeout, like don't have to worry about cooking, read a book or like watch a TV show that I'm really into and go to bed early. Like I think that would be my perfect self-care day going to bed early is the best you know you're in your 30s when like that's like such a luxury I know we're so lame we're so lame but I love it I like being lame yeah so let's move on to this question and I thought this one was really interesting so this is a specific question from somebody but we got so many questions which were kind of around a common theme of should I feel guilty about my self-care am I high maintenance? Like, is this frivolous? Like, especially when I have an otherwise busy life. So 
This question was from Molly J. Barbs on Instagram. Grace, I'm going to punch you if you don't stop highlighting. Oh, I forget that you can see that. That's how I read it, is highlighting it. We have a, a shared Google Doc, and we, like, read read the questions off of that. And I'm, again, bad eyes from always being on my phone. So I find that highlighting it makes it easier to read. So I'm trying to you read You guys, this. I'm secretly 80. I'm trying to read this question, and Grace is just highlighting and unhighlighting and highlighting and unhighlighting, <laughs> and the cursor is going all over, and it's driving me nuts. Google Docs needs to fix that. You should, they shouldn't be able to see when I highlight it. Anyway, so her specific question, which I think is a good example of the type of question that we got, is, is there such a thing as too much self-care? I feel like I'm using it to avoid important tasks. I've had a new job and I'm planning a wedding, so my plate is full. But I constantly find myself saying, you know what, I'm going to do some self-care tonight and I'm going to read instead of finalizing my guest list or doing some laundry. I also commute an hour each way via car, so I find it's easy to justify needing to relax. But am I really just procrastinating? Okay, can I take this one first? I think this is the question I'm most excited to answer. So there is an article on Thought Catalog by a woman named Brianna West, and I will link it in the episode episode notes, and then I'll also put it in our Facebook group. This article was life-changing for me. And I feel like I also said that two weeks ago, so I hope I'm not getting a bad rep. But I was reading this last night, trying to figure out a part to read. And I wanted to just redo the whole article, but I think that would be somewhat of like a violation of stealing her work and also probably not what people want to listen to. But I'm going to read just like a little passage from it. And please, if, if you do anything from this podcast read this article. It is phenomenal. So the beginning of the article opens, self-care is often a very unbeautiful thing. It's making a spreadsheet of your debt and enforcing a morning routine and cooking yourself healthy meals and no longer just running from your problems and calling the distraction a solution. It is often doing the ugliest thing you have to do, like sweat through another workout or tell a toxic friend you don't want to see them anymore or get a second job so you can have a savings account or figure out a way to accept yourself so that you're not constantly exhausted from trying to be everything all the time and then needing to take deliberate mandated breaks from living to do basic things like drop some oil into a bath and read Marie Claire and turn off your phone for the day. And I think the article has a lot more salient points, but I think this is so interesting that self-care is not just beauty and reading a magazine but self-care is is kind of being your own parent and forcing yourself to do these things I love that I need to read this whole article oh please do I can't wait I'm gonna force you after we stop recording okay but so I would say two things to this person first I think self-care is probably finalizing your guest list and doing that laundry because having that hanging over your head and knowing that you're avoiding it by reading or doing something else is probably going to make you feel worse. Like, you know that feeling when you have the big thing to do that you're avoiding and you're avoiding it, but avoiding it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. It feels awful. Yeah. And I have that a lot. Me too. And so it's doing that thing so that you don't feel awful. Yeah. But then at the same time, it sounds like this person in particular is going through a lot of change. She's starting a new job. She's getting married. She has a really tough commute. So maybe there are times where you know, throw on a face mask, do some reading, take the night off. It's not to say that you can't do those things if you feel empty, that you shouldn't take time for yourself. But I think self-care is also a balance between doing these things you know you need to do and creating a life for yourself that isn't so taxing. And while some of these things can't be avoided, you know, you have this job, you have this commute, you have to deal with it. Like some of those things, it's, it's doing the other things that are in your control. So doing your wedding guest list so that it's checked off. And so I think self-care is not frivolous. I think showing up, doing what you need to do to show up as the best form of yourself for the other people in your life, for your job, et cetera, is not something you should feel guilty over. But I think we need to think about the definition of self-care as a little more broad and sometimes not as the fun stuff. Becca, I think this is like some of the best advice that you've ever given. It's not my advice, though. It's this article, which is so amazing. But telling people to read that article. Yes. Read the article. Yes. I'm just an idiot who is eating jelly beans and, you know, talking into the abyss. But this article is amazing. Read it. It changed my perspective on self-care. And I think about this article literally all the time. Should we move on to the next question? Sure. 
Okay, this one came from AEHF on Instagram. And she asked, well, I think she's a she. Most of our readers are. How do you think about self-care for different types of personalities? So for me, I broke this down kind of for introverts and for extroverts. But there are so many different types of personalities. I think that, you know, I'm speaking from like someone who is more introverted. A lot of times that is like making sure that I get enough alone time because that's how I recharge my batteries. But as an extrovert, you need to go out and seek people because that's how you re-energize. So I think that that's a big one. And that was really the, the way that I looked at it. But Becca, I'm curious to see how you looked at this question. Well, I think it doesn't even come down to different types of personalities. I think it's just about creating a routine that works for you in particular and not feeling the stress of doing things that makes other people feel good. So for instance, Grace is super into yoga. I am not. And if, you know, yoga is not self-care for me, it might be something I want to try to expand my boundaries or do something different, but like yoga is not my self-care. And like giving up the feeling that I need to be into yoga, just as an example, I think is really important. So like self-care shouldn't be dictated by what works for other people. It should be totally personal to you. So, you know, maybe your self-care is going on a walk. Maybe your self-care is calling your mom. I don't know what your self-care is, but I think that a lot of the questions that we got had kind of echoes of this where people were feeling guilty for not doing a specific thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think defining self-care for yourself is really important and not feeling caught up in the trap of, you know, I need to meditate twice a day or I'm not practicing self-care. Yes. Or like I, this is a funny one, but I get readers who, cause I'm always putting my baths on my Instagram and they're like, I don't like taking baths. How do you recommend that I get into it? And I'm like, then t- don't take one. Yeah. Don't get into it. Yeah. It doesn't work for you. Yeah. Like, if you don't like it, don't do it. Yeah. So I think it's not even personality types. It's really just like you as an individual. So figure out the things that make you feel happy and full and do those and don't do what makes your friend feel happy and full if it doesn't give you joy. I love that. Um, the next one came from Brianna Rooney. Um, I know her. I, I know her name is Brianna because I feel like I know her. Um, she's very active in the Facebook group and we chat all the time on Instagram. We've never met in real life. She's one of our fake friends. One of our fake friends. Um, she wrote, what's your best tip for self-care in under five minutes? So I have two. Do it. I would say meditating. There are so many good five-minute meditations on Headspace. And for me, that's, like, a really great way to recharge. Um, And they have, like, all these different ones for, like, your mood. So it's, like, you're feeling angry. You're feeling stressed. You're feeling panicked. And Andy, who is my fake boyfriend, um, walks me through. And, like, sometimes it's under five minutes. Like, it's only two minutes. The other thing I would say is... If you are at your desk or at work, do a quick stretch. Um, There's also a lot of really good five-minute face masks. Um, One of my favorites is Gwyneth Paltrow's. It's the exfoliating mask she has. She only has one. Um, It's, like, called, like, Instant Facial. Hmm. And that is literally, you're only allowed to leave it on for, I think, like, two or three minutes because it's so strong. But it makes your skin so soft and glowy. And it only takes three minutes. So I also have two answers. So, okay, if you need to do a self-care thing because you're feeling really stressed or anxious, I would say, I've talked about this before. It was one of my obsessions. I love Origins Peace of Mind. It's basically peppermint oil cream. Oh, yes. I would force us to do she it right now. She got me into that. I would force us to do it right now, but I took it out of my purse. Oh, that's Usually sad. I have two. I have a home one and a purse one, but my home one ran out. So I took my purse one and put it in my bathroom. Oh, I love that. So it's peppermint oil. You, um, It's like a cream. You rub it on your temples, and then you just kind of deeply breathe it in. And I find it so relaxing. And so just taking a few minutes doing that, breathing, just like taking a beat, I would say that. If, you, if you're looking for the type of self-care where you just want to do something nice for yourself, not that you're in a really bad place and you're stressful, you're stressed out, I would say for if you have five minutes, maybe go get yourself your favorite drink. So whether that's a seltzer or a coffee or a tea or something, just like a little treat that's not expensive, but is, you know, something nice that you like 
and like take it on a walk. I like that. I feel like sometimes Cup of Joe had a post about how she takes tumblers of wine with her friend and they'll go on a wine walk. I mean, that sounds great too. I thought that was really cute. But sometimes I think self-care and I guess I'm thinking about this more during the work day than just otherwise. So maybe that's coloring my answer, but it's like, you said you only have five minutes. I thought it was the work day. Yeah. So it's like, if you're at the office, I feel like sometimes doing something nice for yourself is just getting outside for a few minutes and, you know, having a, I mean, Hey, maybe you want to have a tumbler of wine walk at work. Good for you. But you know, having a seltzer, having a tea, whatever it is that like is a little treat for yourself and just like going on a little stroll. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, I like this one too. So this is from Kaylee Bean on Instagram. And she asked, top three self-care things when you're on a budget. Should I go first? Go first. Okay. We all know how good I am with budgets. Just kidding. (laughs) I think the number one thing is sleep. Sleep is free. So get enough sleep. Oh, I love that one. Please. It is the best thing. the best thing you can do for yourself. Exactly. And it, it costs zero dollars. Get some sleep. The second thing I would say is, uh, I was going to, do you think a face mask counts as on a budget? I mean, if you buy a, a cream mask or some kind of, not a sheet mask, I would say it's, you know, a dollar per use or something. Yeah. I think a, a less, ex, I, I think the summer Fridays mask goes really far for what it mm-hmm. is and it's not super expensive. Um, or, you know, I'm sure you, there's good masks at Target. I was I don't know what they have at drugstores, but I know at Target they have a bunch of good masks, like the Yes to Carrot. Yeah, or and the Freeman. Yes to Freeman makes really good masks that are all, like, under $10. Yeah, so go to Target and buy not a face mask, not like a sheet mask, but a cream mask that you can reuse. And I think your dollar per uses is going to be pretty yeah. low, yeah. even if your initial output is going to be something. And then... Because you're listening to this podcast, I feel comfortable giving this recommendation. I would say reading. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you are in a position to buy a book or I'm sure you have a local library, like sitting down with a book on a weekend and just reading for a few hours is heaven to me. Yeah. Like, it's so relaxing. So I would say it's cheap if you buy the book, not if you have a reading addiction like I do. That's very expensive. Yeah. But, you know, you can join the library and go take out a book that you've been wanting to read and just, like, spend spend some time by yourself with a book. Grace is bleeding. I don't know what I did. Grace, you need to do some self-care. Yeah. I don't know what just happened to you. Um, mine are a little bit more tactical. I was going to say you can meditate using an app called Insight Timer, which is completely free. They have some amazing – they have this amazing yoga nidra sleep meditation on there. And it is so good. It's with this like sexy Australian man. I'll 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 send you. A, we'll put it in the show notes. He's like he's wonderful. I would also say um, yoga with Adrian has these amazing yoga videos on YouTube, and they're really good and they're free. And then um, let's say Epsom salts and essential oils. So you go on Amazon and order like the. 30 pound bag of Epsom salts and then buy a little bit of lavender or neroli essential oil and just all you need is like a couple cups of Epsom salts and a couple drops of the essential oils and you have like a two dollar bath so I would say that is a really good budget-friendly alternative to like all the expensive goop baths that I buy (laughs) it's totally possible to do self-care on a budget like I don't think I know to the last question I just suggested treating yourself, but I don't think that you need to treat yourself or buy expensive things to have a self-care practice. No, it's about just like taking that time and like putting yourself in a more relaxed state of mind. Yes. Yes. So we kind of addressed this one, but we can do it head on. So this person, her Instagram handle is JNP spelled out on Instagram. And she asked, how do you stay motivated to do your skincare routine every day? I've tried so many times and quit after like three days. I don't wear much makeup, so I don't feel like I need much apart from my sunscreen and my moisturizer, but I'm also super lazy. So I think the reason I put this in here instead of saving it for the skincare one is because I I think it goes back to if it doesn't make you happy, you don't have to do it. Like, what is your goal with skincare? Is it just like basic human maintenance because if that's the case like you know put on moisturizer when you're feeling dry wear sunscreen when you're going in the sun but like otherwise you probably don't need to do that 
if you're, you know, if you have like a dermatological, is that how you say that? Derma, I don't know. I think so. If you have like, if you have a skin condition. Yeah. If you have a skin condition, obviously there's probably more included. Like if you're doing skincare to take care of your acne or because of, yeah, if you're bleeding like grace or if you're, you know, you have rosacea or something like that. Yeah. Maybe a more involved skincare routine is part of like personal maintenance, but there really isn't that much you need to do. And I'm super duper guilty of this. I will see products on Instagram or Grace will recommend products or, you know, I'll decide that I'm going to start a 10 step Korean skincare routine and I do it, but it doesn't bring me joy. And I, it, it adds stress. I feel like I need to do it. I feel like I'm not, I'm falling down on the job because I'm not doing it. And it ends up actually being less helpful. So I would say for me, having a way more paired back routine where basically my skincare routine is just take off my makeup at night. I use a face oil and then I use a face moisturizer. Sometimes I use eye cream. Sometimes I just use face moisturizer and assume it, you know, gets in my eye area and does the job. I don't use job. eye cream really. Yeah. I do sometimes, but mostly I just put my moisturizer on yeah. in that area. And it's basically three products. And, yeah. you know, if I'm really consistent and good about using those three products, that's good enough. And sometimes like last night, for instance, I did a face mask and it felt really good, but I don't have to do that if I'm not in the mood for it. So I think putting less pressure on yourself to really only do a couple of steps instead of being like, I'm going to exfoliate nine times a day. That would be terrible for your skin. You no, shouldn't do be that. Really bad. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have all these mists and essences and whatever. Like if that doesn't make you happy, don't do that. Yeah, and speaking from someone who does have a more comprehensive skincare routine, I'm a big proponent of giving your skin what it needs. And, you know, some nights that means I really, and it feels good to me, and I enjoy doing this, doing, like, tons of steps and maybe double masking and double cleansing and doing all the things. But honestly, if you take good care of your skin, like, I don't wash my face in the morning because my evening routine is, like, pretty elaborate. But I think it's also, like, looking at your skin and, like, what does it need? Like, if your skin's feeling, like, dry and parched, yeah, maybe do a face scrub. If it feels like you're breaking out, like, do something lighter and maybe do a clay mask. But I get asked constantly to share, like, my exact skincare routine, and every single day it changes. It could be based on my mood. It could be based on if my how my skin is acting. Um, I think it's just important to, like, listen to your body and what it needs. I think there's more pressure from media and Instagram, et cetera, to do more skincare than is probably like yeah. medically necessary or like basic human needs necessary. And as a blogger, I'm constantly recommending products, but it's also because the one thing I, that I might like, I want to be able to give you guys options and things, but I don't think anyone should feel like they have to be doing 10 steps of something like but you also enjoy skincare. I love it. Like, I love it. I'm super passionate it about it. It brings you joy. So it's really fun for me. So that's great. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's right it's for It's not everyone. for everyone. Yeah. Totally. So this one is from Michaela O'Clark on Instagram. And she asked, how do you prioritize yoga, fitness, chiropractic care, and meditation? So it's kind of like those things that you want to start a habit around, but maybe don't have one. I... My answer feels like a cop-out. I would say, as somebody who already has a fitness routine, I need to do it because I feel off if I don't. And I'm speaking from a place where I have not prioritized fitness for the past four weeks, and I feel really off. So I'm going to SoulCycle after I leave Grace's, and I'm really excited to get back there. So it doesn't feel like I... It's something that I need to prioritize. It feels like something I need to like make sure that I have the time for. Like It is naturally a priority. I get that if you don't have a fitness routine, maybe you don't feel the same way and it feels like just one more thing you have to do. But I would say the longer you stick with it, I think you'll really get to a point where you need to do it. Yeah. I love that. And I think we talked about this a little bit in our advice episode where we talked about ruts. Um, because I, my answer is the exact same. If I don't get to yoga like four days a week I feel bad. Um, and I, if I don't run, I feel like, I feel like I'll have like pent up stress and meditation just calms me down. And I know that I feel better if I do it before bed. 
But I think it's just making that thing a habit and doing it regularly because for me back in the winter, I wasn't exercising at all. Like, and I felt awful, but I was having such a hard time motivating to do it. It was cold. I didn't want to. So again, that's when the wellness challenge on my blog came, came in handy because I had all, all of these like virtual accountability partners and you guys in my blog readers. Um, but if you, you obviously you don't, you probably don't have a blog, find a friend and make a pact to, to make the time and put it on your calendar. The other thing is I would say, don't write it off after the first class or the first meditation session, but find something that you truly enjoy. So for me, that's soul cycle and Pilates going to a Zumba class would not make me feel good. I would not want to do that. Like it's fun to experiment, but you know, I think finding the thing within fitness or yoga that you like is really important. Like it's not the same for everyone. It's not. And for me, look at the two of us. Yeah. For me, like I do not prioritize yoga. Yeah. Like I do not prioritize soul cycle. Yeah. Like it's, I think it's really individual. So I think if you experiment within each of those areas to find if it works for you and within that, what you like to do, then it should become really easy to prioritize because it's something that you really enjoy. Yes. Last question before we move on to obsessions and all of our other miscellaneous. What is your biggest splurge when it comes to self-care? That's a really easy one. It's all of my fitness. So uh, I was going to say the same oh, thing. I knew you were going to say it. So I... Um, I hate myself, but I'm a member at Equinox and I'm a member at my yoga studio. But honestly, I use each of them, if I'm in the city, at least five times a week. So I don't feel terrible about that because I love both of them so much. But I I do wish that I could narrow it down. I just love sky so much and I love Equinox so much. Mine is also exercise classes. I go to a decent amount of Soul Cycle classes a month and then I also have a package at New York Pilates where I get six classes a month. Overall, it is quite expensive. Grace even is making fun of me by how much I spend on exercise, which yeah, when Grace is making I do and yeah. yeah, when Grace is making fun of you for spending too much on like self-care, you know you're really overdoing it. Yeah. But uh it's one of the things that as I've advanced in my career and made more money that I've decided is worth it to me. And to do something, I I guess I think of it as self-care and as mental health as well as physical health. Because I think, you know, if I thought of it just as physical health, I don't know if it would be worth it. But if I'm going to exercise, I would like to do a thing that I enjoy and not, you know, go to... I Like, I used to be a member of ClassPass and I used to, you know go to all the different classes and just, like, go to what was available. I found class pass so stressful. It's very stressful. Like, booking the window and, like, yeah. doing the thing and, yeah. ugh. And then if you, God forbid you couldn't make it to yeah. class, like, you got fined. I hate, I hated it. Yeah, um, but, you know, I decided as I've gotten older and make more money that, you know, this is worth it to me. So, that's. Yeah, and I think that's also something that comes with being a little bit older and, and, making it a choice um, as you make more money. Yeah. Because when I was younger, I definitely couldn't. Right. No matter how much you enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No matter how much you were like, I love this. You'd be like, yeah, girl, this doesn't work. I remember when I really wasn't making much money, I did um, join Equinox. But also because I was, it was like such a big chunk of my monthly expenses. I went like at least every day, sometimes twice a day. They had better toiletries there, so I showered there instead of showering at home. <laughs> Things have changed a lot, but, like, it, I remember specifically I belonged to only one Equinox, not all of them, and it was, like, my favorite thing in the world. Ugh. And I was in really good shape because I went all the time. Yeah, I bet. Like, all the time. Let's get into our other stuff. Yes, let's talk about obsessions. Yes. Becca, what are you obsessed with this week? Okay, I have two. The first thing, and I don't know, I mean, we make the rules here so I can do this because this has been one of your obsessions a really long time ago. You're a copycat. I am a copycat. I tried the Summer Fridays jet lag mask last night. And so uh, some of my girlfriends sent me a care package from Sephora and this was part of it. And I 
am the opposite of a hype beast. Like I, if anything has a lot of hype, I assume that it it will not live up to it. I do that too. So I've heard of this. Everyone said it's so wonderful. And I'm like, ugh, it's all marketing. It can't be that good. It's really great. It's really great. It's really great. I put it on last night. I was hesitant about it because I thought it was the kind of mask that you have to tissue off. But I guess you could just let it soak in overnight. You don't have to wipe it off. So that was a game-changing discovery for me. It's great for the plane, too. And my skin has been really dry. My skin is... My whole life right now is just, like, a little in shambles. And I felt like this really made a difference in my skin that I could tell. I can't wait for you to also try the Clark's Botanicals moisture mask because I love Summer Fridays, but I like that one even more. I somehow guilted Grace into giving me a care package of masks because she saw this in the show notes and then felt guilty. I was like, I have not been doing my part. So she is sending me home with a bunch of masks. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Summer summer Friday jet lag mask, like very hard thumbs up, excited to use it on trips. It's really good. Second thing is before I was supposed to go to Asia, I bought a couple of these Old Navy tank tops and they're from Old Navy has a Lux line. What? Yeah. I I guess it's just like better fabric. It's one of the ones I'm wearing right now. Oh, it's cute. And it's kind of just a flowy tank top. I'll link it. I swing one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think on the site there may be like eighteen dollars, but mm-hmm. you know at Old Navy everything's always on sale. So I feel like I got them for ten dollars. I've worn them to work out. I've worn them to bed. I've worn them out with like jean shorts. I am very into them. I bought two more when I was in Florida, so now I'm up to having four of them, and I'm highly endorsing them. I'm gonna check those out. Tell me what you're obsessed with. Okay, this is kind of a funny one, but I can't get enough of like short sleeve work shirts. Like a classic button down, but with short sleeves. Um, I got a couple at Madewell. I got a blue and white striped one, and I got a solid white one. It's, they're called either the Courier shirt from Madewell, and I forget the other one. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So I'm obsessed with them. I bought two more. I have them. There's a green and white striped one right there and a white one with little yellow sunshines on it. Um, they're so flattering and cute. And I'm also kind of obsessed with channeling anything that Gwyneth Paltrow wore in The Talented Mr. Ripley because after we read Social Creature, I had to go back and watch the movie, and I just remembered how fabulous her wardrobe is. So she wore, like, tons of, like, short sleeve button-downs that she would knot in the front, like, over a bathing suit with, like, full, like, wide-leg pants or, like, a wide-leg skirt. I just want to wear everything that her character wore. So she's, like, my summer-style icon. Ooh, Okay. What about on Instagram? What are you obsessed with? Oh, this is a funny one. My friend Natalie from Holston Lee sent me this. And it's Juno the Angry Cat. So I'm taking a page out of Becca's books. Becca always shares animals, and I usually share, like, home and art stuff. Um, Juno is amazing. He looks kind of like Colonel Meow. He does. Um, He's big and gray and fluffy, and he just looks pissed. So I'm a little obsessed with him. I think he's very funny. Um, What about you, Becca? Okay, so mine is because of the podcast. So I'm obsessed with Jenna Kutcher, who is the host of the Gold Diggers podcast. I'm going to be honest that I tried the podcast and I did not love it. I didn't like it. Not for me. I know a ton of people who do like it. But I started. I like her. I started following her on Instagram because we shared a quote from her on our Instagram the other day, and I got sucked into like stalking her. And I love that she's just like very body positive, very like self carey, very just like motivational, but not in a cheesy way. If that makes sense. So yeah. I have really enjoyed, especially. Not necessarily, like, the photos on her Instagram, which are great, but the captions on her photos on Instagram are really, really great. Yeah. It's, like, more long-form, like, yeah, thoughtful I love, I content. love her content. Yeah, so very into her. What about reading? What are you reading, Grace? So I just finished up the intermission, and I loved it. It's, like I said in the last, like I said in the last episode, I wasn't really sure... Um, if I was going to like it because it was about marriage. Um, 
And it was about this couple that had been married for a, a lot, for five years, and they kind of went through this, like, I guess, like a five-year itch, and they weren't sure if they wanted to be married anymore. So they take a six-month intermission, like a break from being married. And one of them moves to LA. It's like marriage vacation. Yeah, I know. I need to read that, but I haven't yet. I haven't either. I've heard, actually, phenomenal things I've about heard it. really good things, too. So... It's really, really cute. Um, it's really, really realistic. It's not the light beach read that I thought I was bringing home to Cape Cod, but it's great. And then my next book that I'm going to read is the one we're reading for the podcast. Yes. What is that called? Listen to Your Heart. Listen to Your Heart. Yes. Yes. What about you, Becca? So to be totally honest with you, it's been two days since we recorded our last episode, and yesterday <laughs> I was at a funeral, so I haven't done a ton of reading. However... Um, on my train ride back from Connecticut yesterday, I got back into reading Kate Spencer's book, Dead Moms Club, which I think it's very wonderful for anyone who is dealing with a dead loved one. She's very funny. It is not self-helpy or preachy. It's just very funny and real. And she definitely has a lot of perspective from her own situation. So I'm going through it slowly. It's not making me cry anymore, which I think is good. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And going back to what you just mentioned, our book for next week, it's called Listen to Your Heart by Casey West. It was made for Becca. It was made for me. It's about two girls, two best friends who are taking a podcasting class and the shy friend gets picked to be the host, and she's doing an advice show. <laughs> Ahem. <laughs> cough, cough. I'm so excited for this. It's, it looks and so cheesy, but I can't wait. She starts getting calls from a boy who has a crush on someone, who, and she's pretty sure she knows who the boy is. She's pretty sure the crush is on her best friend. But she has feelings for him, too, so we have my love triangle. You like, guys should see Becca's face the way uh, it lights up as she talks about this book. Guys, it really feels like somebody reached into my soul and was like, what book would Becca Freeman want to read? And it sounds like from the description, it's this book. I hope you don't hate it. Oh, my God. That would be... Oh, that would be really disappointing. Yeah. I have high hopes. I do, too. Okay. So that's our next book. And also, I mentioned this before we started our advice... Our next advice episode, we're going to record while we're in Mexico with our friend Jackie, uh, and we're going to talk all about skincare. So if you have skincare questions, send them our way. I'll also put something on our Instagram stories, and I'll share Jackie's handle so that you can stalk her and see how aspirational she is. <laughs> so aspirational. But in the meantime, Grace, where can people find you? So I'm at Grace Atwood, and my blog is thestripe.com. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And you can follow us at Bad on Paper Podcast or find our Facebook group. Yay. We love the Facebook group. Love the Facebook group. Yes. Um, so thanks for listening, you guys, and we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.